I think you have to position yourself in a way that you're still valuable even when technology comes you know i'm a musician i can play multiple instruments i can create stuff that the ai needs to be able to learn what it's supposed to do you know what i mean so like positioning yourself in a way to where you're still going to be valuable and you're still going to add something that a computer can't add yo what's good this is clint your host on the music is my business podcast the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career if you want your questions answered live join me on youtube at clint music on wednesdays and let's chop it up now let's dig into this week's episode yo 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 what's good people welcome to the channel where we talk about music licensing music production and music business if you love any of the previously mentioned be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all my latest content. Shout out to Lamar Webster. Touch on the input of metadata and how important that is to register a song. Well, I mean, let's talk about it first. Let me get this, let me get this chair together. So I ain't, I ain't leaning back. <clears throat> so meta, metadata is, is super important. And, and I mean, important, it, it's, it depends on the company you're working with, right? If, you know, I have some publishers where the only metadata I'm sending them is like songwriter info, you know, like split PRO info and song lyrics. The rest, they literally, they have a team that takes care of all of that stuff. So I don't really have to worry about it with certain certain publishers. And then there's other publishers where, you know, you have a spreadsheet that you have to fill out and that's how they you know that's how they input the metadata into their system to take the information that you put in the spreadsheet they put it into whatever system they're using and then some companies will you know have you <clears throat> put the the information like on their website like they may already have a system set up to where you just upload and then you type that information so other types of metadata can include you know the the mood the style you know who what artist popular artist a song may sound like excuse me it may include instruments what kind of instrumentation is it you know how does the song make you feel and that's important because you know if if a library has you know this database where their clients are coming and they're searching for music their clients are searching for certain keywords they're searching for moves they're searching for genres so the more accurate your metadata is and the, the more accurately it describes your music, then the higher chance you have of your music being found when their clients are searching through this large database of music. And a lot of, you know, a lot of producers, artists, songwriters, they feel like, oh, man, it's like it's so many people, you know, signed to this company. Like, how do I stand out? Well, it's accurate metadata. And, you know, the more accurate that is, the higher chance you have. And they're used, they're going through a lot of music. Like, it's not like, you know, a music editor is like going through this catalog of music for just a song or like a beat, instrumental, whatever you want to call it. Like, usually they're like, they need a bunch of stuff, man. Like, I've, I've shown y'all before, man, one of my cue sheets from, from a CSAC, from my CSAC account. Like one reality show episode used like 150 pieces of music, you know what I mean? So there's like, you don't have to worry about oversaturation if you make quality music, if you know the three Ps, which I'm going to be going over <clears throat> this weekend on, during the Beats for TV Live Masterclass. By the way, if you haven't signed up for that, 
The link is in the description. I only have like a few VIP spots left. So if you want a VIP spot so you can get this hour-long live Q&A that I do after the four-hour free masterclass, then get your VIP ticket. Literally, I think, I think it may be like two or three spots left. So make sure you get it, grab it, or you just you won't make it. You'll miss out on that, that, that live Q&A and some extra bonuses that's going to really help you succeed in the sync space. So the link to that is in the description. But, <clears throat> you know, that's a part of the preparation is making sure, you know, you're putting in that that proper metadata. So hopefully that explains it. And, you know, it makes sense. Patty P is in the building. Great question. A lot of people always have questions about metadata. Opera singer, sing all genres, producer, songwriter, keys. Love it. What's up, Kim? Shout out to Kim and LW, the mods in the building. Heard it was snowing in LA. Is it really snowing in LA? Sheesh. UK is in the building. I see you. More more Canadians. Shout out to my Canadians. So yeah, so drop you guys' questions. I'm trying to go through them, catch the ones that I can, and we just gonna hang out. I'm here for like an hour. Or a, <laughs> a little it'll be a, I guess a little bit past two since I was eight minutes late that LW so eloquently pointed out. What's good, Rand? Rand Legend. Good to see you. Darren says that intro beat is serious. I appreciate it, man. I actually made that for, <clears throat> speaking of rejection, I made that for a brief. Which, what, what brief was that? I can't remember, but I made it for a brief and then I never heard anything back. So apparently they didn't, they didn't take it. So I was like, it's all good. I'm gonna use it for my YouTube channel. Now I don't gotta worry about, you know, my stuff getting unmonetized and whatnot because it's not registered anywhere so boom it worked out so yeah shout out to the first time view cali x is a first time viewer y'all welcome them shout out to t-town patty p says you're always spreading love oh kim she must be talking to kim i'm all i'm all up in y'all's conversation can you use andrea what's up can you use simple loops in your music, like a shaker or tambourine from Logic? I need this tea for real. And some Mucinex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what I would do. Because, you know, I've used some percussion stuff in, in Logic. I've used some Italian and, like, some accordion loops in Logic because they asked me to make some, like, Italian hip-hop stuff. Like, apparently I'm not Italian, right? So... I was just like, you know, I don't know nothing about no accordion, and I'm definitely not about to learn today. So I pulled me up an accordion loop. But I asked the publisher, I was like, look, <laughs> this is the deal. I'm a black man with no accordion experience. Like, can, <laughs> is it okay if I use some of these these Apple these Apple loops? They was like, yeah, it's fine. So, yes, shakers, tambourines, you'll probably good, be good. But this is what I would do just to be safe. I would layer it with other stuff and I would make sure there isn't a part in your track where that instrument is soloed and, you know, layer it with some some other percussion or make sure it's playing with like all of the drums. That's what I would do if you're using something like a, you know, a, a percussion loop tambourine kind of thing. And making sure, you know, that it's like like an Apple loop or something like that. Shouldn't have any issues. Good question. <clears throat> All right, let's go. Music tips and reviews. What is the longest 
you've waited for a particular track to be placed with your music libraries was it months or years another amazing question because <clears throat> there's a very there's a very wide range so the longest i don't know i i mean i'm sure there are tracks that i've done years ago in somebody's library that just hasn't gotten placed even still that's why you got to get your numbers up especially when you're starting out like you can't start you can't break into this sending three tracks and then not sending anything for another year so the more tracks you send in the higher the chance of something actually getting placed so i'm sure there's something that still hasn't gotten placed since i started back in shoot 2015 13 15 something like that but the fastest i've had something placed was literally like two days like two or three days <clears throat> it was during march madness last year actually i sent in a track they hit me back they was like they need these edits done they were very specific on how they wanted it edited arranged what section they wanted where i was like bet i sat in my dining room table on my ipad i made the edit and i sent it back in like 30 minutes that saturday the track got placed <clears throat> that was literally the quickest that 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 has ever happened i made the edit sent it back like on a wednesday by saturday it was playing on some march madness basketball game halftime show or something like that pre-game post game i don't know which one it was but it was it was on one of those march madness joints so that was the quickest the longest i've heard about a placement i mean i guess i'll say i don't know man uh, over a year that i know of and again, I'm sure there's some stuff out there that I just, I don't even know about. It just still hasn't gotten placed. Shay Keys, I recently created a SoundCloud playlist to pitch to libraries and agents. I haven't gotten responses yet. Should I switch to disco to be better received? Absolutely. Ditch SoundCloud for pitching playlists for TV and film. They probably seen that SoundCloud leak, bro. It was just like, nah. <laughs> it was like, nah. Because it's like sometimes you like soundcloud start pulling up ads like they're monetizing stuff or if you may have to log in or something like it's just too many barriers they can't easily download it even if it's private like it's just not it's not easy use something like disco.ac use something like box.com where they can get straight to the point listen to it disco is ideal just because of how it's set up it's made by, you know, by music supervisors. So their system is just set up to be optimized for pitching for TV and film. So this goes definitely ideal. Good question, though. But yeah, definitely stay away from from SoundCloud <clears throat> for, th for this specific use. Marco, do you feel that when submitting music for the first time, it's better to have lyrics for your music? Not necessarily. You, I mean, uh, plenty of producers the one of the last producers that finished up my three-month mentorship program his first batch of submissions were instrumentals <clears throat> now he's gotten placements on espn nbc the olympics shoot mlb nhl golf channel a bunch of placements and he started off with with 10 instrumentals so you don't need you don't need lyrics to break into this space if you have lyrics then do it like if you know how to do it you can create a well-produced song do that because now you have the full song and you have the instrumental 
It's a win-win. Worst case scenario, they use the instrumental. You still get paid, you know what I mean? So if you can't do both, do both, because there's opportunities for both. If you can only do instrumentals, then start off with instrumentals. <clears throat> so another good question. Creation Roll Music, what's up, what's up? Let's create for the masterclass. Can we access the masterclass through the Zoom platform as well? Excuse me. No. Except. So... If you, if you don't have a VIP ticket for the masterclass, that's this Saturday, March 4th, 10 a.m. Eastern time, you will be able to access the masterclass through the Facebook group, Beats for TV Live group, and you'll, you'll get a link <clears throat> for that once you register. If you are VIP, you are going to get a special link to join the VIP Q&A that we're going to have after the masterclass. So I get to see everybody's faces Y'all get to see my face for another hour after looking at me for four hours straight. And, and we get to chop it up. I get to ask, you know, individual questions. But for, for you know, just general emission, general admission, did I say emissions? I'm thinking of, yo, did my wife renew her tags? That just reminded me. Yeah, that's something she definitely has to do. Anyways, yes, if, if it's just general emission, you'll access the masterclass through the Facebook group. So good question. And shout out to everybody who's registered so far, man. <clears throat> it's going to be crazy. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't done I haven't done a live event of my own for a minute, like a like a virtual event since shoot. I did the road to in placements. I did one with my guy though not too long ago, which was dope. But I'm excited to do it again and <clears throat> teach this stuff, man, help you producers monetize your music. As a composer, how can we find artists that are interested in working towards getting TV placements? Great question. Man, they're they're everywhere. They're in they're in this joint in the chat. Like, yo, just yo, I'm a composer. Y'all can link up, man, right there in the chat. On Instagram. You can use Instagram. Like you can kind of you can low-key be like your own A and R, like with social media, you know? Start searching hashtags, indie artists, indie hip hop artists, indie R and B artists, indie pop artists, indie rock soul artists, like you can search different things you just go through <clears throat> go through different artists profile and if like you rock with their style the kind of music they make then reach out to them like hey i'm working on music for sync the ideal situation is to kind of is is to kind of get in with the with the library so you can start getting some briefs or something like that so you'll have something specific to kind of bring to the table not just working and you know you still gotta figure out what you're gonna do with it but yeah, just reach out to all these artists that are on the internet, on the social media platforms, and, and link up with them. It's a great way, great opportunity. Great question. Michael Connor says, I recognize some Apple Loops content on an HGTV show. It goes to show that if you produce the right music, it will get synced. Yeah, facts. And sometimes, man, sometimes the editors and stuff, they'll throw those those loops and stuff in there just to fill up space. But we don't want them to do that. We want them to use our music. <clears throat> I was on a call, a PMA, Production Music Association call. I'm a composer member. If you're not a member, like, I highly recommend it. And, like, I'm not, not affiliated or anything. I'm just a member. But it's a dope community. But they pulled some data <clears throat> showing the percentage of production music versus the percentage of commercial music used in TV and film. And when I say commercial music, you know, we're talking like 
you know, like your major artists, right? Like music that's been released as albums, as singles by, you know, major labels and things like that. That's like what they categorize as commercial music. But production music, the music that, you know, you and I make as, as independents, whether it's artists, composers, producers, whatever, <clears throat> it made up like over, I think it was close to like 57% of all the music in TV and film was production music. <laughs> Excuse me. So that's music made by independent musicians who literally sit in their home studios all day and crank out tracks for the purpose of TV and film. And I feel like that number is growing because people people have this misconception that just because, you know, an artist is like a big artist or, you know, you would think that the major labels are like dominating the TV and film space with all of their music and stuff, too. But it's not true. Like we're actually the majority in this space. You know, we're making over half of, of the music that you're hearing on TV and film. So you don't have to have major connections. You don't have to have major publishing deals to take advantage of some of these <clears throat> these dope opportunities in sync. So that was an interesting fact that I learned on the call on the, the PMA joint. So it was pretty dope. They're supposed to share like the graphic or whatever that they that they showed us. Once they put that up on the site, I'll take like a screenshot and post it on my, my Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram at Clint Music, follow me and look out for that. I'll, I'll post it like in my stories or something. I'll, probably, I'll post it in the community tab, too, on, on YouTube so y'all can see it. Indeed. Juan Martin. What's good, Juan? Juan says, I've been researching libraries and saw that some of them pay $200 US top for licensing a track. But I've heard that there are deals that pay two k or more for licensing. Where do you get those deals? Man, they come from all over the place. They come from music supervisors. Like, it, there's no, like... It's so broad. There's no like specific number and there's no way to know like, okay, when is this company going to get this particular deal? Like you just kind of link up with the companies and then the deals that fall on the table are the deals that fall on the table. But a lot of times you'll see TV shows using songs and things like that where, you know, you can hear the song as, as source music. My friends, APX Music, they just had a placement on an Apple TV series. And yeah, that was... It, it was their music playing like in a restaurant or something. I think it was a restaurant, like a restaurant or a coffee shop or something like that. They had another placement a couple years ago, and it was the music playing in in the beauty salon. So they'll use a track like that, and you know, usually that'll pay anywhere from like fifteen hundred to five k, you know, per use. It just depends, but yeah, it just depends. And like sometimes the like the instrumental background stuff you're on reality shows, a lot of times you don't see a lot of upfront money on that stuff. You may get some from a library that may pay you upfront to do it, but most of that, a lot of that is like back end royalties. So it really depends. And then obviously like your commercials, your ads and stuff like that, you know, you're gonna have higher budgets. But yeah, just depends on what what the company's working for, what their clients' needs are and what the what the budget is. So, yeah, I know that was like mad. <laughs> it was like it didn't answer the question, but that's just how that's just how it is, man. It's like you can't say this company has all the, the 2K licensing fees. It's like, you know, that company could as well. The, the goal is to just get in with <clears throat> a handful of companies so you can position yourself to take advantage when those opportunities come up.
immaculate <clears throat> what's good excuse me i'm gonna be good next week y'all i'm clearing my throat a lot but watch i'm gonna be back to 100 percent. i got little kids man i stay sick <laughs> dealing with tyler and preschool if you're a producer and you want to get your music placed in TV and film, but you just don't know where to start, the Road to 10 Placements is where you start. This is the ultimate blueprint to landing your first 10 TV placements, and it's the exact blueprint I use to get started in sync without having any connections or without having any placements. This course is going to teach you how to produce, prepare, and pitch placement-ready music for TV. This course has helped producers all over the world get placements on networks such as MTV, NBC, VH1, NBA Network, Hulu. Netflix and a bunch of others. Listen, it took me seven years to get to my first TV placement, but this course has helped producers see TV placements in as little as six months, which is insane. So this course can help you go from zero placements to TV placements fast. Enrollment is now open, so go to RoadTo10Placements.com. That's Road to the number ten Placements.com. Make sure you use the discount code Podcast twenty to take twenty percent off at RoadTo10Placements.com. Go enroll today what are some red flags to look out for on composer agreements i just got accepted at tune edge and looking at these composer agreements is like reading a foreign language if you don't understand it get an entertainment attorney that's the best advice i can give you because y'all are not about to come back on this stream like yo clint you told me to go sign this man i ended up nope the best if you don't understand it <clears throat> reach out to an entertainment attorney I'm gonna have to have I'm gonna have to have the latte lawyer back on. She's an entertainment attorney, really dope in this space. But yeah, if you don't understand it, just get an attorney. Red flags may vary depending on the person. You know, some people may see language that says in perpetuity as a red flag. Some people don't. You know what I mean? Like, so I can't. You know, I can't give you advice and be like, oh, like. Signing a deal that says in perpetuity is a red flag because it may not be, depending on the situation. Like, I don't see it as a red flag. Like, I, ha I have deals that are in perpetuity, meaning I produce a track, the library signs it, they are the publisher for that track in perpetuity. I don't care, though. It's just like, I can make more music. It's only that track, you know what I mean? And if they're signing something for in perpetuity, it's because they plan on collecting royalties for me for that song and sync fees in perpetuity which means i get paid in perpetuity so it's like you know some people think it's bad some people think it's not so it, it depends so that that would be my advice on that you know usually you know you're looking for a, a 50 50 kind of deal you know that's fair 50 50 usually they're taking the 100 percent publisher share of back-end royalties that are paid through your pro and then you're keeping 100 percent writer share of your royalties that pay directly through your pro and in any upfront sync fees usually that would be split 50 50 unless you do like a like a buyout where you know they pay you say 750 dollars or you know thousand whatever it is they'll pay you that upfront <clears throat> before it gets placed and then they'll just say you know you won't participate in any any more upfront sync fees you'll only get royalties so you'll see that sometimes too. But again, it depends on the person on whether or not that's something you want to do. <clears throat> All right. Royce, what's good? I've been researching but can't find any hip hop leads. Do I need to sign up with libraries? 
Yeah, absolutely. My VIPs for the master classes Saturday, all of them are going to get my list, my libraries, my library list. It's like over 100 companies. <clears throat> so they'll have that to give you a jump start on how to find, you know, libraries. But yeah, look for libraries, man. Look, I like I I want y'all to do as little unnecessary work as possible. Like I show you how to find companies on your own, right? You need to learn how to do that. Even if I give you a directory of over 100 companies, I want you to learn how to find companies yourself. And, you know, my road to 10 placement students, they all know how to do that. I show you that and then we'll dig into that in, in the master class as well. But I want you to learn how to find them in case the companies you work with get bought out or something happens to where, you know, you lose your contact. You can still get back on your feet and pitch some music and, just, you know, keep keep income coming in. Like you don't want to you don't want to be that guy. It was like, oh, yeah, like I got a placement back in 2002 and you know i lost contact or they got bought out now i don't know how to get placements anymore you don't want to like i talk to producers all the time and that's the situ that's the situation i don't want that for you so i teach you how to find them but if you can save time from you know looking up a bunch of companies or looking or looking up music supervisors right because that takes a lot of time takes a lot of research and your chance is still smaller because if you don't reach out right you know they might not hit back and then sometimes they just they like working with the people they've established relationships with so like don't work more than you have to go the library route they already have the relationships you focus on creating the music you send it to the library you're done so that's why that's why i like to go especially starting out i like to go the library route so yeah let's see Zimzada, Zimzada says she just registered. She's not playing. I will see you this Saturday, Zimzada, and everybody else who registered. <clears throat> when pitching my beats, should I register them with my pro or let the library register it on my behalf if it gets placed? The bureau, what's good? Yeah, let the let the library register it for you. If you're you're like making music and you know you're you're about to pitch it to a library, pitch it to them. See if they accept it first. And then let them do all that the admin stuff and then you just go back in and just double check make sure splits are right it happens man like people are human mistakes happen i've had you know situations where they just put the splits in wrong or they didn't they just left out a co-writer altogether. i had to reach out like yo y'all got to correct this so always go back and check but yeah usually libraries and stuff they'll they'll handle that for you so you don't really have to worry about it i'm telling you man like library is the way to go save you some time so you can focus on doing what you do best <clears throat> juan martin do you give your music to exclusive libraries or you rather make non-exclusive deals when licensing what's your view regarding this matter i have i have like a little a little bit of both man like <clears throat> A lot of libraries now, they're moving towards exclusive because it's been cutting down on confusion of who represents what, you know, who do we pay, who do we give credit to. So most of them are going to be exclusive in 2023 and beyond. But there are situations like if it's a song, you're an artist. Excuse me. There are libraries who will 
do a non-exclusive deal with you like kind of like their artist agreement so that as an artist you're not tied down to just one library your licensing company like so you can work with a different few pitch your songs with a, a few different companies so you know sometimes songs are are a little more flexible especially if you're an uh, an artist you're not just waiting on like one company to pitch everything and there's different views on that in this in this industry like some some people are like yo just stick with one if you're an artist and just send all your songs through them which could be could be cool but you know it's, it has to make sense like if they're not getting you excuse me if they're not getting you placements then like don't don't waste your <laughs> waste your time and then just ask like if it's exclusive so i have a combination of both man i do some nine i do a lot of exclusive as well you know as long as i'm as long as i'm free as an individual as a producer to work with whatever company i want to work with as long as it's different music i'm good i'm good either way i don't mind that's the main thing for me i just i don't want to be locked into just one company one publisher been there and i didn't like it i missed out on a lot of opportunities because of it yo immaculate beats uh-oh says your boy just had a web meeting with the head of music and sync for bopper music first time having a meeting like that very informational and i think i'm plugged in now dj horn yo congrats bro that's what's up man immaculate out here having meetings with head of stuff that's what's up man that's exciting Hopefully that's the, the first of, of many more. <clears throat> Heard PMA's Morgan McKnight on a pod make inter interesting points of joining and the benefits of that community. Absolutely. Yeah, super dope. Literally, man, like <laughs> being a part of PMA, like, so I'm here to get your your skills up as far as production, you know, preparation and presentation. So if you get that locked in, and, and the PMA will help you with that as well, with, with their resources. But you're literally like in rooms and we do breakout rooms like you're in rooms with music libraries, sync agents. Like yesterday, like I was in there with with a couple libraries, one of the libraries I, I write for and like not like some random, <laughs> some random mom and pop <laughs> music library in Minnesota somewhere like. These are like major, you know, production companies. So yeah, I, I think it has huge, huge benefits. So yeah, shout out, shout out to the PMA. A lot of information, a lot of insight, and it, I think it's just dope. Do, 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 do. Raymond, what's up? As a producer, how should you approach to present your beats? A, a big name artist, you vibe with his work. And second, do believe AI is positive for producers, sync music, or no? Would you approach to present your beats, a big name artist, you vibe with? I don't know. I don't really do that, man. I As far as like trying to get, get my music to a big name artist, I stopped focusing on that years ago. If it happens, it happens. Like I, I still have friends in the industry where they, you know, they'll reach out to do some things. And the only way I'm going to touch it is if I know someone's like directly connected to the project, like none of that random <laughs> like the random stuff that's the only time i'll take the time to, to really focus on something for for an artist because sync is just where that's just where i live but as far as ai we talked a lot about that yesterday too i, I think it, it has it has benefits it has advantages and then with every 
with every new technology, you're going to have some idiots who are going to find a way to take advantage of others with it. That's just that's just the nature of it of human beings, man. Like you got people who use it for positive, you have people who use it for evil. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it is what it is, man. I think, you know, I think it can be a tool for sure. You know, I think the the most important thing to really pay close attention to is the the legal aspect of it and making sure that because like our like you know copyright law and all that stuff like the whole music business and just the the way it's structured is is dated and we have all this new technology that's trying to catch up and it's like the laws don't necessarily cover all of this new stuff that's happening so we're like well is can we do that technically you can because it's not in this law so it's like it's weird man but we'll see what happens man i'm not really i'm not really concerned about it i think you have to position yourself in a way that you're still valuable even when technology comes you know are you i'm a musician i can play multiple instruments i can create stuff that the ai needs to be able to learn what it's supposed to do you know what i mean so like positioning yourself in a way to where you're still going to be valuable and you're still going to add something that a, a computer can't add so that's that's how i feel about it <clears throat> but we'll see i think it could be a tool to possibly get more done in less time but you, we just have to see how it all kind of pans out and ownership is like the biggest thing like who who owns what so let's let's see let's see like good old we only accept music that are not registered with a pro oh it's that yeah there's there's there yeah there's a few companies out there they have somebody broke it down for me <clears throat> and it made sense because you know when you think bigger outside of the u.s there are like other laws like in europe and stuff like that and there's like it just it makes it's crazy man it just makes stuff complicated for different for different uses of music so it's weird but yeah let's check it out big royal j what's good it's been a minute had an e-learning vo project the music they wanted to use was trash for the type of lesson <clears throat> made a deal to redo the music they loved it don't forget other venues yo that's fire like Ro big royal j is a is a vo i, I guess you call it vo artist like he does does voiceover stuff so he turned a voiceover project into like a music and voiceover project. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like <clears throat> as a producer, nine times out of 10, you know how to do more things than just make beats or make music or write songs, right? Like there's other skills that you have. Use the other skills and make money with it. And then those other skills can put you indoors to where you end up being able to use the music, music skills that you have. So you may be able to edit videos, do voiceovers, do graphic work, do sound design, mixing, mastering, like all those things can open up other opportunities for you to make some money. And it's all connected. It's all related. <clears throat> some people be like, well, like, I, I really want to just do music. Like, I want to I don't want to really, you know, I don't want to do mixing and mastering for everybody. It was just like, well, if you go to a nine to five that you hate every day not everybody hates their job by the way but some people hate their jobs so if you hate your job you grind every day going to a place you hate 
but you don't want to like mix for somebody just because it's not your main thing or you don't want to produce a genre of music that you don't feel is dope because because i mean it's why not like i would rather listen if a publisher came up to me and it was like yo we want you to make cheesy corny children's music for like the next year and we'll pay you six figures for it like i'm about to be i'm about to tap into my inner corniness and childishness and i'm about to knock those tracks out like i don't care because i'm still doing what i love like i'm still creating music and that's going to get me out of an atmosphere that is not creative whatsoever and that's going to fuel fuel me and finance more of what i really love doing so knock the children's music out the way and then go produce whatever you want to produce after that project's done so you got to have that perspective man you got to be open you got to be flexible to do different things if you want to be successful as a producer are you making trailer music if so how often I'm not a lot. I, the last trailer project I had, it was for some trailerized R&B. That was literally the first and only trailer project that was brought to brought to the table for me personally. So it turned out dope, though. But I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll do more in the future. But I thought it was fun. It was it was definitely a learning experience, but it was cool. And that's why I think it's dope to be a specialist in in this space because when you like i specialize in like most of the libraries know me as like the go-to guy for hip-hop r&b music so when they think r&b they think hip-hop and they need like some trailerized version of it you know they reach out to us the specialists if they want pop they want pop rock they're going to reach out to the pop rock people if they want you know ambient music they're gonna reach out to the ambient people because that's what they specialize in they know they're gonna get a certain quality from people who specialize in a certain thing like they're just boom they're in their lane that's what they do so yeah and trailer music is a that's a a lane in itself which is dope november james what's up happy wednesday the man the myth the legend november james let's go let me let me catch up on some of these questions what should i do before posting my music online i'm an artist that produced myself like who or what i should i go through to register my music i'm an independent artist so when you say register your music what do you mean specifically because there's like a lot of different ways to register music like you can there's, a, there's different things, and it, it depends on what your goal is. What is your goal? Are you trying to get it placed in TV and film? Are you trying to just share it so people can stream it? You got you to gotta be specific because I don't know how to answer it because there's, you know, there's different ways. If you're trying to get it placed in TV and film, you don't even have to post it online. Like, like all of the producers I've helped get TV placements over the years – most of them had zero online presence. Like they wasn't posting a bunch of stuff online. Some of them didn't even have a, a, anything. Like they just, I don't even know how they found me, but you don't need it. Like the only thing you need is the company to submit it to. You need, you know, you need to know what they're looking for, like how to, 
produce the music, arrange it, things like that. We're going to talk about that this Saturday during the, ma- the master class. We're going to talk about the three Ps, man. It's three Ps. It's three levels you need to master to actually get a placement. So that's what we're going to talk about this Saturday. So if you want to learn more about that, hit the link in the description, beatsfortvlive.com slash upgrade. At the beginning of this podcast, I said like I had a couple more VIP spots. They might have been taken up by now. I don't know. You can click the link. If it lets you purchase a VIP ticket, then you got in. Shout out to you. If it doesn't, then you waited too long and you missed out. But there's still time to register as long as those VIP slots are open. But that's what we're going to talk about, man. We're going to go into detail on, on how to master those three levels. And it's not until you master all three that's when you start seeing success because if there's anything going wrong in in one of those levels you're going to hear no and you're you're going to get rejection and you're not going to know why because most times these companies don't they just don't have the time to sit there and break this stuff down for you so that's what we're going to talk about production preparation and presentation so we got to master those lamar webster what were the brown headphones that you were using last year? I forgot the brand name. Shoot me a shoot me a DM, Lamar, because the brand is not paying me to mention them in this podcast. <laughs> so unless they cut a check or we reach we we do some type of agreement, I don't like to mention brands like that on here. But DM me and I'll let you know. Let me see. When you get a placement for a song, you compose the music and the artist wrote the lyrics and sang the song. When the library send paperwork, do the composer and the artist sign the paperwork? Yes, both will sign the paperwork unless you and the artist did some paperwork that says you can sign on the artist or the songwriter's behalf. So, yeah, but typically, yeah, all, all parties involved as far as, you know, writers and, and owners of, of that work will have to sign. That's why it's important to make sure, as I sip my tea, to make sure you have contact information for everyone involved in your music that you're pitching for TV and film. I had like a buddy of mine. He was a music supervisor. He had, you know, had a situation set up for this artist. It was a 30, I think it was like a 30 K sync fee. And she couldn't get in touch with the producer. Guess who, guess who missed out on $30,000 yeah so make sure you can you can get in touch with your people to get their numbers get their get their emails shoot get their addresses you know figure out what their auntie's name is in case you got it in case you gotta hunt somebody down listen i ain't about to miss out on no 30k because 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 i don't got your your number or your email that is not happening Producers, learning how to properly mix your beats can be frustrating and seem overly complicated. On top of that, you're missing out on an additional stream of income by not knowing how to mix for other artists and producers. Luckily for you, I created my Urban Mix in May simple video course where I show you how to balance 808s and kicks, how to create balance and spaces in your mix, how to properly balance volume, how to create clarity using EQ and panning techniques, and how to create drum mixes that punch through your mix. Plus, 
Plus, I'm going to give you a free frequency range guide, a look into my simple and effective mastering chain, as well as the downloadable stems to mix on your own as you go through the course. I'm also going to throw in an exclusive discount code for Waves plugins and bundles. So go ahead, go to clintproductions.com courses. That's clintproductions.com courses. So you can grab that Urban Mix and Made Simple course. Be sure to use the discount code podcast 20 to take 20% off today. Again, go to clintproductions.com courses and grab that Urban Mix and Made Simple course today. Have you watched the new Mandalorian episode? No, I have not. I need to. You know what? I gotta. I can't remember if I finished the last season. I asked my wife. My wife said we did, but I feel like I feel like she did, but I didn't because I kept falling asleep. So, like, I gotta go back and I gotta see if I actually finished it. But no, I have not watched the new episode. Usually, we'll wait until. They have like at least three episodes so we can kind of, you know, so we can kind of binge and not have to wait too long. But no, I haven't watched it. Looking forward to it. Shout out to Demando. One, I got three tracks signed with Triple Scoop Music. Thanks to your help, dude. Now, what do you recommend doing moving forward? Pitch more music to them or try to, excuse me, try to get signed in other libraries to increase chances. First off, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on that that's a pretty dope library yeah start start loading them up man <clears throat> especially if they're sending briefs even if they're not sending briefs reach out to them hey you know what what are you needing like what do you you need a lot of or what don't you have enough of that's another good question you can ask man we getting into some of the gyms i ain't even it ain't even saturday yet so yeah load them up and then always keep looking for other opportunities until you feel like you know you just it's too much but yeah always look for other opportunities and then feed them some tracks and then from there you know after i'll say after about i don't know after a couple years i feel like you should get a good idea and it, usually it happens before that <clears throat> but i like you know i want to set realistic expectations like i don't want y'all to hop in this and be like oh like i'm gonna get a placement in two weeks and after signing a with the library like it doesn't happen like that all the like that much but like after a couple years you should get an idea of who's placing stuff for you right <clears throat> you know you should have you know you, you get a royalty check start to see what's getting placed or if the companies reach out let you know or if you're using tunesat.com you'll know but you know that'll give you an idea of who's working and then the ones where you see you're getting the most placements <clears throat> that's where you start to double down and then focus more of your attention to the libraries that are, that are getting you more placements that's how you start to like you know 10x stuff in this space you know double down on what works that's that's been like i live by that see look this, this is why i rock with y'all man I be getting listen. I be getting all types of like health recommendations and teeth, throat, sore throat, cough. This is why I rock with y'all. There's no way. <clears throat> there's no way I'm gonna be out here down and out with you know with subscribers and followers like y'all. So he says recommend you 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C with et echinacea i don't i don't know how to, this tea i'm drinking i think it has that in it it's called throat coat 
Yep, it's got this this e word in it. Etchy, etchy. I'm gonna look up how to say it because I don't know how to say it. But so yeah, it has it, and it has some lemon. I put some honey in there. It's got organic licorice root, marshmallow leaf, marshmallow root, fennel fruit, orange peel, cinnamon bark, lemon peel, and lemon myrtle leaf. I have no idea what any of that stuff is. But yeah. <clears throat> It's pretty good stuff, though. I'm not mad at it. But appreciate that, Raymond. Let's see. We got time. We got time for a few more questions. All right, let me see. Let me see. Let me catch up. Is there a limit? Hey, Mill, this is a good question. How many libraries should I work with? Is there a limit? There's no, there's no limit. You can work with however many, however many you want to work with. Now, naturally, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how, how it works, or I, I'll tell, I'll give you my my perspective on like how I got started, right, and how it progressed. So, for anyone who has taken my Road to Ten Placements course, you know that my method is reach out to three to five companies every day for 30 days. <clears throat> and that's what I did. So while I was still working my day job, I would I would just do different things to time hack. Like if I was just sitting and I wasn't, you know, taking care of a client or anything like that, I would sit and research libraries and like, you know, make a list or just shoot them an email right then and there. I had my, I had like, you know, links and stuff saved in my phone. So I was working. I was working while I was working. So reach out to three to five companies every day. Now, that's a lot of companies. Like by the end of that, you would have reached out to like quite a few libraries. Right. So that's how you get that that I guess that initial boost of traction because you got to The first step is getting a licensing deal. You know what I mean? Like you got to You got to link up with somebody who has the connections and who needs the music so doing that is going to get you to the licensing deal faster versus just you know casually just shooting the email out here and there and just you know nonchalantly approaching the situation no we got to be intentional we got to reach out to three to five companies every day for 30 days if you ain't hear nothing back after 30 days reaching out to companies three to five every day there's something wrong right so you should hear something back like i don't care if it's no yes you're gonna hear something back after reaching out to that many people so you're gonna have a lot of companies you're gonna have a lot of meetings you're gonna have options and you know you may have a handful of companies that you sign deals with like i i mean i probably i did licensing deals with quite a few companies starting out but what happens is over time some of those companies get bought out some of those companies just just disappear uh, they didn't stay in business some companies you know just i don't know you just you just don't do good with them for whatever reason and then there's companies that you'll start to get placements with and then those are the ones that you focus on so by the time you kind of find this little pocket and you know you're submitting and you, you're starting to get placements you're it's going to narrow down to like a handful of yeah it may be like five companies that I work with on a, a regular basis. So, you know, I mean, trying to work, I can't imagine trying to work with like 
20, 20 different companies at once with the deadlines and how quick they are, you know, you're just not going to be able to do everything. So, you know, you're, you're going to, it's going to end up being just a handful, but you can work with as many as you want, as many as you can handle. And then there's different times where you may not hear anything or get a brief from a company for, you know, a couple months. So while they're slow, you can be doing stuff for other companies. So that's, that's how I approached it. Start off by reaching out to a lot and then narrow it down as you start to see who's working for you. <clears throat> and then once, you know, if it starts to feel like too much and you missing deadlines, like then you may need to, you know, shave some of that off. Cause you don't, you know, you don't want to miss deadlines all the time or, you know, you don't want to say yes to stuff and then you can't deliver on it. So yeah. All right. Let me take, let me take one more question. Ek, Eka, Echinacea? Echinacea? Is that how you say it? Okay. I appreciate that, November James. Educating a brother. Echinacea. I sound African. Look at Kim Dirt. Kim Dirt. That's hilarious. She was just like the breakdown of how to pronounce the T clan. I appreciate you, Kim, for, for pointing that out <laughs> so I don't miss it. Oh, man. All right, let me get one more question and then we go we going to wrap it up because in fact, I'm going to tell y'all what I'm what I'm going to do. As soon as you finish split the steams, if you're ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah, that's a fact. That is a fact. Oh, are you sending the same tracks to those libraries? No, not if, not if they're exclusive. I'm only sending the only time I'm sending the same tracks to Oh no, oh no, 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 no. Let me back up. Let me back up cuz I want to be clear. Okay, so there's different there's different phases, right? So in the initial pitch phase, you're only pitching music, right? You don't have any licensing deals. You don't have any, you're not signed any libraries, right? You're just pitching your music to get them to respond. And honestly, when you reach, the way I show you how to reach out, you're not even sending music yet. You're just simply asking for permission to send. So during the pitch phase, yes, I will have a playlist of like five tracks, right? And I'll send that same playlist to all the companies I'm reaching out to for that first month until someone says, hey, we want to sign these. Or sometimes they might not even sometimes they may not even sign those. They just may want you to do something else for them. But I will pitch those same tracks until they are actually signed. Once they're signed to another company, I will not share those tracks with other companies because that's just a tease. It's not right. Like, don't. Don't play with people's emotions. Send them a track. They love it. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's signed by somebody else. Like, don't do that. So once it's signed, take it out of your playlist, put something new in there, and then keep pitching that. But, yeah, great question. Glad you answered that. So, <clears throat> dope. That's it, man. That's the that's the joint. So make sure the link is in the bio for the master class is Saturday, 4, not 4 a.m., 10 a.m., March 4th. That's where I got the four from. 10 a.m. Eastern. It's a four-hour masterclass. VIPs are going to stay after those four hours. We're going to have an hour Q&A. We're going to hang out. And yeah, it's going to be dope. So what I am about to do, actually, though, I have a beat that I have to finish structuring out and all that stuff. I'm going to end this live. I'm going to end this podcast so that my editor can go and edit the podcast without having to cut a whole additional hour out. So I'm going to end this but then I'm going to hop back on 
and go live while I create finish structuring out this track that I'm that I'm working on because I have to send it to the writer by the end of this week. So I like I have to finish this joint today. So so I'm gonna go live. So if you want to stick around and watch me do that, watch me create, watch me play all of the bad notes and all of the like the rough, the for real, for real process. Not the not the glamorized Instagram version where everything is played perfectly and you know there's no there's no screw ups. So if you want to stick around and see that, stay on the channel. I'm gonna end this joint and then I'm gonna come back live and then we're gonna get it going. So that's it, man. I'm out. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.